little notes. Uh, when Elder Hart asked me last week to share something this week, I like thought about so many things like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to speak about this, 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 and that? You know, you hear so a lot of great things throughout Bible studies, services, Thursdays, conversations that you have with one another, and they can dwell in your in your mind and you're just, you know, meditating on that. But mainly what I want to talk about today is recognizing the Lord's voice. Um, I would say the past two years, um, the Lord really made it clear to me what his voice sounded. And I know we heard many times prayer and reading the word. And I would say that this year he really just resonated to me like this is the way I'm speaking to you. And um, he made it really, really clear to me probably the beginning of the year. I was starting to read a couple of books and you guys may have recognized them from like Eli Hernandez. Anona Freeman, and I read all of Eli Hernandez's books, which I highly recommend. And um, <laughs> I started going home and listening to his preachings, and they were just so powerful that when I would come to services, um, Elder would speak about things that I had read, um, service, you know, services, Bible studies, and I would get so excited, and I would tell my sister and Gabe, like, oh my gosh, I just read that yesterday in the book, or I just, you know, heard the preaching yesterday on it, like, the Lord's trying to confirm something to me. But then I had to really stop and think like, okay, God, um, are, you, are you just wanting me to hear and read? Or are you wanting me to sit and actually think about why I'm listening to the word? Why is it being confirmed so much? So I had to pray about it. Like, okay, God, so I'm listening to this preaching. And then I read about that. And then I'm listening to again, what exactly are you wanting me to pray about? Is it for me? Is it for others? Is it for the body of Christ? Is it for now or for later? You know, because we hear his voice and we just want to take it in and then we probably forget what he spoke to us about. But I wanted to sit down and just really digest his word and just really think about what is he trying to tell me? And he made himself known to me this year with that. And he's constantly doing that with me. I shared with Elder a couple weeks ago, like I just heard a preaching last night about that and you talked about it today, you know, and he's just confirming his word to me again and again. And um, his word says, you know, that we, we can, his word says that Abraham was his friend and Moses, that he spoke to him like a friend face to face. And that's the way the Lord, I felt like he's been speaking to me this year. So I just want to read a little bit of scriptures. Um, if we can go to James chapter two. And I'm going to read from the NIV because that's how I learned. James chapter 2, verse 23 to 24. And it says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. That's what I want to be towards God. I want to be his friend. The same way that you vent to someone or journal or share to your best friend, your husband, whatever, whoever it could be, this is the way we should communicate with God. It's, it's a fellowship time. It's the way we communicate with him. And I'm an open book to him. I let him know my frustrations, my, my flaws, things that I need to work on, things that make me upset, because I want him to continue to filter my heart and continue to perfect me in his eyes. And I want to be his friend. I want to be able to tell him when I'm sad, frustrated, when um, I need his word, when I need, you know, 
comfort, when I'm excited, good news, when I'm nervous, like today, you know, I shared that with him, and I'm like, Lord, you need to take this nervousness away from me. <laughs> I haven't spoken in front of people since nursing school, so, you know, it's been a lot of long years. Um, but Abraham was called his friend. And so let's go to Exodus chapter 33. And we're going to go to verse 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as the one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of the nun, did not leave the tent. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. And to me, I take it literally. I mean, it may or may not be literal, but that's how I take it when I hear the voice of God. He's talking to me. We're having a conversation. I'm hearing from him, and if I don't hear from him, I just, I, I have just said, okay, that's fine. You know, I will talk to him later. You know, so it's okay if we don't hear from him that morning. But it should be a continual conversation with him later on when you're at work, when you're having a conversation with a friend, or before having a conversation with a friend, being in prayer so our flesh doesn't get in the way. And then another way that he's been speaking to me is prayer. Oh, actually, sorry. Let's go to... Um, Psalms 139, and verse 7 through 12. And this scripture really resonated to me because when you feel like you're not being seen, it could be by anybody, the Lord is seeing you, he's there present. And when you feel like he's not listening to your prayers or just hearing your woes or just we can be in our minds so much that we're afraid to speak out. And when you finally speak out, it's like, okay, God, I'm here. Um, this scripture really spoke to me. Um, it says, when, where, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go, go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even then darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light as you. So even in your darkest moments, even in the days where you feel like, I'm not being seen, Lord, he's seeing you and he's watching you. Yeah. And he's hearing you. And then lastly, the way that he's been speaking to me is prayer, which is really the the idea of prayer, right? We're communicating with God and we're having that relationship with him. And again, he spoke to me this year very clearly. I would pray in the morning and then he would deliver that morning. And then I would text my sister and just be like, oh my gosh, like I just prayed about this because we would have a conversation the day before and I would text her and be like, oh my gosh, I just prayed about it this morning and he just delivered. And, you know, and it makes me think again what Brother Ruben spoke about last week. We think that things are impossible, but it's possible with God and he's hearing your prayers. He's He's there, he's present, and we just have to let ourselves be known to him. He's there waiting for us, waiting for us to communicate with him and have that relationship with him. And then um, when he delivers that prayer, again, I have to take a step back and be like, okay, God, you're delivering this prayer. Is it because it's your will or is it my will? Because then we can be like, just like Abraham, you know, the Lord spoke to him and said, you're going to have a son. His will was for that, but yet he went about and did that. He knew already the promise, but.
but if we hear that prayer from the Lord and he's answering, we have to be careful too. Okay, God, is this from you or is this me trying to fulfill that will? We have to be careful with that too, and we have to take it back to prayer, and that's what I've been doing when he delivers that morning, even though I'm excited, I have to step back and just be like, okay, God, is this, is this for real, for real, or is this for me to take in again and pray about, you know? And, and, he, and he will definitely let you know when it's for real, you know, that you, there won't be any, like, hesitation, but he's, he's trialing us. He's, our, our faith is growing with him, and that's the whole point about prayer and reading the word. You know, we've read so many times that faith comes by hearing the word of God, and that's what's happening when we pray and we read the word and fellowship with him. So I would just encourage you, if you haven't found the voice of God, you can't find it. If I, find it, if I found it, you can find it too, but you have to be in relationship with him. You just can't expect it to come to you like right now. Unless the Lord decides to, you know, he can do that too. He spoke to many people out of nowhere in the Bible, and something nice happened out of it. So, you know, just build that relationship with God and, and just continue to pray and read the word. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know, This is before many of your times. Um, my aunt and uncle lived in North Carolina at the time, and their pastor preached a message on New Year's Day of 1989. And um, my aunt, who always thought of us, she Again, I'm dating this. She bought a cassette tape of that service. They used to have a tape ministry at churches because you couldn't live stream stuff and just go listen on you. So the church would record the service and create cassette tapes of the service, and you could buy a cassette tape afterwards or if you wanted this. And so she sent me a cassette tape of the message, and the message was called to be the friend of God. I wore that thing out, and... It was the timing of the Lord because it happened to be just a few months before I graduated high school. And uh, that sort of became my, my prayer and pursuit uh, as I was finishing up high school and the timing of that. And, you know, it, it's the beautiful thing about that scripture to me you know, the scripture says, Jesus said, I have called you friend. He's a friend to us. And Sister Sandra talked about that, venting, sharing our joys, our challenges, our frustrations, our highs, our lows. Our, we share those. But what kind of friend unloads everything on you and you never listen to them? The Lord called Abraham his friend. You know what that means? The Lord knew he could trust Abraham. The Lord had a friend in Abraham. 
I, I, I'm going to go talk to Abraham. Think about that. He, he probably knew Abraham would show up when he was supposed to. He probably knew Abraham was going to follow through on what he said he would do. He prob- Abraham was his friend. So much so that when the Lord was ready to pass judgment on a city, he said, would I dare do this thing? Or could I do this thing and not first talk to Abraham? It's in your Bible. Abraham was his friend to the point that the Lord said, I'm not doing this until I talk to Abraham. That's pretty powerful. That tells, you know, you get a really good friend, you start finding, man, we just think a lot alike. You ever notice that? We have differences, but but we just seem to be on the same wavelength and we seem to just... Abraham was the friend of God. And so when the Lord talked to him about what he planned, Abraham said, Lord, well, you know, if there's 50 righteous people in that city, would you maybe uh, consider differently? And the Lord, they had a conversation. And the Lord said, yeah, okay, Abraham, if there's 50, then I'll. Well, Lord, I, I mean, I know you're merciful and all, and I. What if there's 45, Lord, would you? Now, I know we read that scripture as though it's some precious dear Lord, would you? They had a conversation. And it got to the point where Abraham said, he worked his way all the way down, if you'll look, to 10. Five by five by five. He kept going. This was their conversation. And Abraham finally said, Lord, forgive me for, for, for pushing the envelope here. Just want my words. But that's what he was doing. He said, Lord, forgive me. I'm coming again. I, would you? And the Lord said, okay, Abraham. Thank you, Sister Sandra. I want to be a friend of God. You know, being a friend means he can wake you up at 2 in the morning, and rather than roll over, you'll get up and say, yes, Lord, what is it? I may have shared this story with some of you many years ago. We, we still lived in Utah at the time. Um, the Lord was really dealing with me about this principle again, afresh. And my friend that was here this past summer that helped me build the deck, that Greg, that some of you met, I thought, I'm going to try this, this friend thing out. This was before text. And so I called him and I said, Greg, I I need you to trust me. I can't explain anything right now. And I know finances are tied in your world. But I need you to get here to Salt Lake City as soon as you can. I need your help. And I said, I just can't go into it right now. He said, okay. He said, uh... let me get off the phone. Let me make a couple calls. I'll see what I can get. And then I'll, if I can get on a plane tonight or in the morning, I'll do it. And then I'll be there. And we can figure it out when I get there. Um, of course, I told him he didn't need to come. But I, 
he showed me the value of a friend, a true friend. He didn't need explanation. He didn't need, not saying you don't have those conversations with a friend, but do I need the Lord to explain everything to me before I'll? Or is his word enough? Is his word enough? Thank you, Sister Sam. Could we maybe just talk to the Lord before we go just a little bit further tonight about this word that he has brought to us? Jesus, your voice is rich. Your voice is pure. Your voice is strength to our life. It is like honey to the soul. We need your voice. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for being a friend that is closer than any brother. You are my dearest and my best friend. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I worship you. I worship you. Amen. I, um, I did not talk with Sister Sandra about... But let me... We're just talking a little bit tonight. Um, I feel like I need to share this. Um, in the prayer room on Sunday, uh, there wasn't, I hadn't given a lot of thought, I hadn't given any thought, let me just say it that way. I hadn't given any thought at any point in time to asking Sister Sandra to take a few, hadn't even, never given it any thought at all. And in the prayer room, when I was getting ready to walk up the stairs, I had this little nudge, and I'm like, hmm. And so then when I shook her hand, I'm like, hmm. And so there it was. So uh, in case you think that we sort of map those things out and plan all that. Well, sometimes, but not this time. And it's the voice of the Spirit. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I, I, want to, um, I want to share with you where the Lord has been dealing with me, and I think we may see some intertwining threads here. The book of Acts, chapter number 20. Those of you that have been walking the journey together with many of us, reading uh, some agreed-upon scriptures daily together across the body. Uh, we read these last week, and um, I like to read the book of Acts all the way through every once in a while uh, and pray through it again. And But we read these last week, and I will say all of you that are part of that um, that Bible reading group. Uh, I love seeing the revelation that you are getting from scriptures when you share, hey, this scripture that we read today, and man, it spoke this to my life today. Uh, I, I love seeing that for many reasons. Number one, it's encouraging to me to know you're in the Word. I'm not monitoring that, but when I do see it, it's encouraging. I, I know you are, but and, and then when I see the revelation you get from reading a scripture, it makes me go back and look at it. I'm like, man, I read that today. Hold on. Man, that's so beautiful. And so, uh, so thank you all for that. And thank you, Brother Gabe and Sister Sandra, for coordinating and taking care of that. But Acts chapter 20, I want you to see this here. 
The Apostle Paul is speaking in Acts chapter 20. And he's in Macedonia, but he's sort of speaking a farewell here where we're reading. I'm just telling you that so you don't have to read the first 15, 20 verses. Um, but I'd like to pick up with verse 18, if we could. I'm back in the King James. I love, by the way, I think there's great value in reading multiple translations. I really, really do. I was glad to see the NIV. I, I think it's great, too, if you feel like the Lord's dealing with you in a chapter or a couple of chapters. Read it in multiple translations. It, don't get in a rush. So, anyway, verse, what did I say, 18. And when they were come to him, this is Paul, when they were come to them, come to him, he said, by the way, the them, he called for uh, the elders of Ephesus to come to him because he didn't want to stop in Ephesus because he thought if I stop over there in Ephesus, I'll, I'll get hung up with people and I won't get out of there and I want to get to Jerusalem by Pentecost. So he's in my, he asked them to come to him. And that's what they did. He said to them, you know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. And he says that, by the way, he's not talking about fall and winter and spring and summer. He's talking about being with them through the various seasons of life. You understand? He says, you know... After what manner I've been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mine and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable to you, but I have showed you and I have taught you publicly and from house to house. He said, I've testified both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch verse 22. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Verse 23, he says, but this is what I do know. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesses... In every city, everywhere I've been going, the Holy Ghost has been witnessing this, that bonds and afflictions abide me. You catch that? Go back to verse 22 again. I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. Paul was not going just to be going. It was the Spirit of God that was taking him there. He was bound by the Spirit. In the Spirit. That says in, not by. That was in the Spirit. He was bound in the Spirit. He didn't know what was ahead. Probably value in not letting your mind run sometimes. He, 
He wasn't denying the next verse, 23. This is what I know. The Holy Ghost witnesses. In every city I've been, the Holy Ghost is witnessing, telling me that bonds and afflictions are waiting on me there. Now, you and I might say, hmm, that must mean the Lord's telling me not to do this. Paul never said he heard that. See, he was able to discern the difference between what the Lord was telling him. It was, I told you Sister Sandra and I didn't connect, but that statement that she made about, okay, the Lord has delivered this word. Now, is this because what I want or what am I, what am I supposed to do with this? And I see that with Paul right here. He's been hearing Bonds and afflictions abide you. Bonds and afflictions. And he knows, he knows the Spirit of the Lord has arrested me. I have to go. But I keep hearing these things. The Holy Ghost is witnessing these things. That bonds and afflictions are waiting for me. That doesn't mean I'm not supposed to go. See, we have to be careful about going the will of the Lord is always determined by what makes me feel good. The will of the Lord is always determined by what's comfortable for me, by what's prosperous for me. There's nothing further from the truth. Verse 24, this has to become our attitude toward these things. Paul said... None of these things move me. What? What does that mean? All these things I've heard, they don't change my focus or direction at all. Why? Because I'm bound in the Spirit. I'm not going of my own accord. I'm responding to the unction of the Spirit that I abide in Therefore, I'm not moved or swayed or deterred by the possibility or the witness of the Holy Ghost that there will be bonds and afflictions waiting on me. It just means God's letting me know so I don't despair when it happens, but I know where the Spirit of the Lord is directing me and therefore, none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Neither, just in case you think he stopped there, neither do I count my life dear to myself. I'm not living for me. This is not about me. This is not about what is profitable to me. It's about what's profitable to the kingdom of God. The reason that many only go so far in the Lord is because we're only interested in living our lives for God as long as it benefits us in this life.
this life is not our focus. The scripture says that they overcame the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto the death. This is what the Apostle Paul is declaring. None of these things move me. I don't count my own life dear to myself. Why? So I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Go over to chapter 21, please. And so if you, would have, if you and I would have read the rest of chapter 20, we would see that the Apostle Paul left there. As he got on the ship, people were weeping and crying, falling on his neck, hugging him. And they were sorry because he made the statement to them that they would not see his face anymore. And so in chapter 21, he sailed a little while. And they... Verse 8 of chapter 21, the next day, this is Luke that's still writing, the next day we that were of Paul's company, it's the group that went around, that's Paul's entourage, hate to even use that word, Paul, but these were the group that traveled with him. We that were of Paul's company departed and we came to Caesarea. And in Caesarea we went into the house of Philip the evangelist, so, see, sometimes we read the scripture, we, we remove it so far from, from normal life. Now, I realize it looked different then in terms of how people live versus how we live now in terms of, like, modern technology and things. But they were people just like us. And Paul and these people traveling with him have been going from place to place after they, and they've been going on a ship, and you can read it through chapter 21 here, and even chapter 20, all the different places they went. But that's why he said the Holy Ghost is witnessing every city these things. But now they're, they've, they've got to Caesarea. And in Caesarea, they happen to know that Philip, Philip who has become known as Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven, what does that mean, one of the seven, Acts chapter 6, he was one of the seven that was appointed out to serve tables. He was the one in Acts chapter 8 that went, or Acts, yeah, Acts chapter 8 that went to Samaria and began to baptize people and praise miracles of healing and deliverance. Philip, but he's the one that went and saw the Ethiopian down in the chariot down towards Gaza. Remember that? And, uh, and he baptized him. And then Philip was caught away to Azotus. But apparently he ended up in Caesarea. And he had a house there, a place where he lived. And this is where Paul and his group, See, we, we, I'm taking the time to point this out because we make these people less than human or more than human. We, we, we forget they, they had lives, just, and we don't have the time tonight, but you go look and you study the amount of time that transpired between all this. We got gaps where we, they had to live life too. We read the book of Acts like, man, it was every day, miracle, this, 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 every day. Well, I don't doubt that spread across the church. But in the elements, we read it. There was one time Paul was in a place for a year and a half. Another place, he was there for two years. And we get like two verses about it. Life does continue. 
we have to ever be ready and aware and operating, listening to his voice. Okay? And so they come to Philip's house, and they just, they're staying there at Philip's house. Verse number 9. And the same man, that's Philip, he had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. Verse 10. And while we tarried there many days, I don't know how long that is, many days, but they've been there a little while. I don't know if Philip was ready to kick them out of his house. Or, but here they are, many days. There came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. I would imagine that people are coming and going, and Paul is sharing things, and they're having ministry together, and they're doing things. And, and this prophet came down, Agabus, and when he was come to us, watch what he did. He took Paul's girdle that which he girded himself with, and he bound his own hands and feet. This is what, I, picture this, Agabus takes this article of clothing that belongs to the Apostle Paul. He binds his own hands and feet with it. You got the picture? There he is in Philip's house. Everybody's there. He grabs this piece of clothing, and he binds his hands and feet that belongs to Paul, binds his hands and feet, and he said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And that sounds pretty foreboding, doesn't it? I mean, if he bound his hands and feet, uh, I don't know if he was standing up or sitting down and how that worked, but he had to be like this. You with me? And he said, this is how it's going to be for the man that owns this. He didn't just say this. He said, thus saith the Holy Ghost. This is how it's going to be. So if I'm the Apostle Paul, or if you're the Apostle Paul, maybe you're over here going, I mean, the way this reads, it's almost as though the prophet Agabus didn't recognize who's it own, who owned it. Like... He just had the garment and the Holy Ghost began to talk to him. And he says, hey, the Holy Ghost is telling me that whoever owns this. You with me? And Paul's sitting over there going. What do you think is going through this human being's mind? The Holy Ghost has been witnessing all this stuff. Now this happens. Verse 12. And when we heard these things, who's we? Paul's entourage. That's why I called it that, because I wanted to point back so you know what we're talking about. This is Paul's entourage. When we heard these things, both we and they of that place. So this is all the people that came with Paul. They heard it. And Philip and his house and all the people that were of Caesarea that were gathering with them, they heard it. And so when all of us people heard it, they knew whose it was. And we besought Paul. I know it says him. They're talking about Paul. We besought Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. The whole church is begging him. Don't go. Don't go to Jerusalem. The whole church is concerned for Paul. Isn't that precious? I mean, really. They cared for him. You want to talk about pressure on pressure. The Holy Ghost is telling him this, and he's trying to decipher. What am I, 
what am I doing with this word that's delivered? Am I supposed to, is this God telling me so I won't go? And he's process, He's human. He's processing that. And then his friends that are traveling with him and all the people there are saying, besought, that's begging. They're begging him, don't go, don't. And so now he's processing all of this emotional stuff. I can't help but think of Philip, or Philip. I can't help but think of Peter talking to the Lord Jesus when Jesus said, I'm going to be delivered into the hand and they're going to crucify. And Peter says, not so, Lord. What was it? He was looking out for Jesus. And they're all looking out for Paul. Verse 13. And Paul answered. What do you mean to weep and break my heart? I'm ready not to be bound only. But I'm ready to die at Jerusalem. For the name of the Lord Jesus. Is that what it says? Sounds like his mind hasn't changed. He wasn't denying what the Holy Ghost was saying. But he understood what the Holy Ghost was saying. Was preparing him for where he was going. Not telling him not to go. Why? Because he had a perspective where he didn't love his life. He wasn't trying to preserve self. He wasn't trying to make a name for self. I'm ready to be bound and die for the name of the Lord Jesus. This is not about me and better for me. And me avoiding pain and me avoiding suffering and me avoiding at all. This is about the will of God, not my will. What he speaks to us, we need his voice, Sister Sandy. We need to hear his voice. But we can't add to or take away from what he tells us. And we can't get ahead of what he tells us. We can't try to produce it like Abraham did. But we got to trust his word. Now, verse 14. I love the way this starts. And when he would not be persuaded, that tells me they were trying to persuade him. We stopped. We ceased. We stopped trying to persuade him. And then we said, <laughs> what they say after that? It sure seems like the whole church and his entourage would have started there, doesn't it? Isn't it something how emotions can get in the way? All those traveling with him, it sure seems they would have started there. But they started with where their emotions were. They heard the prophetic word of the Holy Ghost. And then they tried to put their thoughts on what it meant for Paul's life. You with me? 
It's why you don't share everything God tells you. I'm going to say that again. It's why you don't share everything God tells you. Matter of fact, I get a little nervous when somebody has to always tell me what God's telling them. Because, yeah, we're going here. Here's why. Because when somebody has to tell me everything God's telling them, I start thinking maybe they're trying to convince themselves. Now it's going to make some of you nervous. You're like, man, God told me something. I felt like I wanted to tell Elder, but I don't know. Don't overthink all that. There are times where we share what God has told us, and there are times we hold those things in our heart. We take them to the Lord, and we wait on Him. We wait on Him. The will of the Lord be done. Is that your desire? Well, I know, I know, I know what your answer is. Yes, of course it is. Until the will of the Lord is that you're bound in Jerusalem. I mean, if you read the other chapters after, it wasn't long. <laughs> he got to Jerusalem. Sure enough, he was bound. They were beating him up, as a matter of fact, until the Roman soldiers came and showed up and bound him. The bondage was deliverance from a beating. At least for the moment. You want the will of God. You want the will of God in the current situation you're walking through. You want the will of God in the current Life challenge you're facing. What if the will of God isn't making everything pretty and fancy for you? What if the will of God is to bring you to an end of yourself so that he can finally do what he wants to do through you as the vessel he's chosen you to be? What if, in fact, your pursuit of everything being good and nice and comfortable and plenty is actually opposing the will of God? I'm not trying to be unkind. I don't think the Holy Ghost is trying to be unkind either. I, I just think if we're not careful, especially in North America, we read everything through the lens of God blessing us, and we read blessing as means I got good bank accounts, I got nice cars, I got a better home, everything's good, I never have suffering, I never have pain, I never have hurt. When pain does come, God comes and fixes it, and then it's over and I move along. And, and If you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Want to really live? There's only one way. Why don't you stand with me tonight? I, I keep coming back to... I shared it in Mattawa a few weeks ago, and I think I even touched base 
and shared it quickly in men's prayer one morning. Um, I'm going to share it again right now. The super condensed version. You know, Psalm 119, we see a pattern regarding the word of the Lord. Obviously, Psalm 119 is all about the word of the Lord. Every verse except two or three mention it. And the psalmist early on in Psalm 119 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Or, sorry, verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. So the way, the way in which a person goes, he's going to cleanse it by taking heed to the word of God. Again, I'm going to keep coming back here because there's so much turn in my spirit with what Sister Sandra shared. When the Lord speaks to us and delivers a word, what does it mean? What is it for? What is the purpose? Not just, oh, it's wonderful to hear the voice of God. It's great to have affirmation. It sure is, but now what do I do with it? I'm a hearer, but i got to be a doer. Why is he telling me? What is he wanting me to understand? Where does this apply? What, Right? And so the way, the way, the way is in which you go, which you walk. How are you going to cleanse it? By taking heed to the word. That's obedience to the word, following the word, acknowledging the word, not just going, oh, yeah, I know it. Taking heed to the word. It does you no good to know his word, but never take heed to his word. All right. And, and then in verse 11, he says, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So we see this beginning. And then you go a little further in Psalm 119, 105. He says, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the word cleansed the way, but now I've got to do some walking. And so the word gives me light for my feet and my path. He doesn't show me what's ahead. He doesn't show me the end of the road. He doesn't show me where I'm going to go. He just gives me light for my feet. And so I have to trust the word of God to take the next step. And, but I want to see 10 steps, but the light doesn't light that far. And so what do I do sometimes? Well, I just stand and I'm paralyzed and I don't move because I want... No, no, no. I'm going to trust the Word and the Word gives me light for the next step. So I'm going to take the next step. Some of you, you're not moving because you feel like life isn't progressing. It's because you haven't taken the step God's given you to take. And so as a result, He's not going to give you more until you take the step He's given you already to take. And so... Then you go to verse, I think, I think it's 133. And he says, and this is progressive. Cleanse my way, and then a light and a lamp for my path. But by the time you get closer to the end of the chapter, he says, now, Lord, order my steps in your word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. What, is, what does that mean, order you better sit down again for just a second. I'm sorry. The Holy Ghost is really trying to help. Those of you that are listening, God's really trying to help. He's wanting to do something with us. If you were in Mattawa, I'm sorry you're hearing this again. Well, I'm not. Maybe you need to hear it twice. If you were in men's prayer in Mattawa, you're the third time. Man, you're getting it all. So... Order my steps in your word. So the progression, cleanse my way. I'm going to cleanse my way by the word. But that, I'm not going anywhere, but at least I, I, that means my path before me is right. Now the word becomes a light and a lamp so I can take steps. So I, I, bear with me, those of you that have already seen this example. Okay, um, 
with a loose. Beautiful holiday sweater. I'd like you to do me a favor. Walk over there to that step and stand up on top of it, please. Okay, so now I have a question for you. Who ordered his steps? Who ordered his steps? No, I didn't. Who ordered them? He ordered them. This is exactly what we do if God tells us where we're going. We're like, oh, no, God told me. Oh, is that? Now, I realize I said, I want you to go stand on that step. But here's the difference. The Lord may tell you what he wants for you. The Lord may tell you what he wants for you. But you got to be willing to go, okay, God, how do you want me to get there? He did what we do. Shortest, destined, shortest way. Least resistance. Quickly as possible. Done. What if the Lord had said, no, 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 no. Uh, you don't get to order your steps. I order your steps. And he says, okay, yeah, we're going right down through the middle of this. And you're thinking, Lord. Do you see the challenge that will be? Yes. Yes. And then he imagined we made it through there. We didn't kill any ladies or kids. And we made it to this side. And he's like, oh, now the stairs. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 you're not ordering your own steps. We're going this way. Lord, you see, we're not even going the direction. Who's in charge here, Brother Lewis? No, no. See, this is, thank you. This is, we need, this is where we misunderstand the scripture. This is the progression that the psalmist made. Cleanse my way with your word. Give me a light for my feet and my path by your word. He got in his relationship to the point where the psalmist said, You, not me, order my steps. In your word. But how do we know this? Look at the next line. Notice there's a colon after that. He defines what it means to have his steps ordered by the God in his word. Let not any iniquity have dominion over me. What is iniquity? Iniquity is my self-will. I don't want any self-will governing my life. And the only way I know to get to the place is to where I have no self-will governing my life is that I totally give myself over to Him ordering my steps, not me. I stop looking for the easiest way. I stop looking for the path of least resistance. I stop avoiding suffering, pain, or hurt. I stop looking to, I, Lord, if this is the way we're going, so be it. Order my step. This is the Apostle Paul. I'm not ready just to be bound. I'm ready to die. He's ordering my steps. How did he know that? You see, 
go, go back to, I, I, I know it's five after eight or ten after eight, but bear with me. Some of you sit and watch an hour and a half movie and you haven't even been here that long, so you're okay. Some of you watch three and a half hour football games and I'm definitely not going to keep you that long. Acts chapter 20, go back there again. We got it. God, help us. Help us, Lord. Acts 21, I'm sorry. Verse 11. I want you to see this. Watch, watch the difference between hearing the voice of the Lord. Watch the difference. And when he was come to us, this is Agabus, the prophet from Judea. When he was come to us, he took Paul's girdle, bound his own hands and feet. And watch what he said, watch what he said, watch what he said. Thus saith the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews of Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, if you and I are listening, we're here, I'm going to be bound. You know what I think Paul heard? Delivered into the hands of the Gentiles. And Paul's got a word from God back here on a road to Damascus. I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. I've ordained you a minister to the Gentile. And Paul's hearing all this and all he hears is, I'm getting to the Gentile. He's got a plan to get me to the Gentile. I don't care if I go bound. I don't care if I die. All I heard was I'm going to get delivered. He's got a delivery plan. We hear it through negativity because of pain and suffering. But Paul had a word from the Lord. And so this word from the Lord affirmed to him, God's in this. God's in this. He's delivering me where he said he was going to take me. You can look another place in Paul's life. Paul had a word from God that he was going to go to Rome. And you see all these things happening. And you think, man, how could Paul not fear dying on that ship? How could? Because he hadn't been to Rome yet. I'm not dying. What makes you so confident, dear sir? Oh, God told me I'm going to Rome and I haven't been there. So the enemy can try whatever he wants to try. But God said, and God is not a man that he can lie. And therefore, I'm going to Rome. Now, when God told him to go to Rome, he might have had his own little idea. Man, if God's sending me, I bet I'm going to be first class. I'm going to be flying on the nice plane. I'm going to be, oh, no, 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 Paul. That's not how we're getting there. I'm not going to tell you because you might bug out on me, but... Paul, if you only knew what's going to happen is you're going to be a prisoner and you're going to be on a slave ship and you're going to be bound. And, but I'm going to get you there. Why that way, Lord? Why not more comfortable and pleasant and pleasing? Well, Paul, you don't know right now, but that ship's going to come to a wreck. And if I didn't have you on that ship, there could be 275 lives destroyed. But if I have you on the ship, it's not about you, Paul. Paul, you don't know it yet, but when that ship breaks apart, you're going to come to a little island, Paul. I know you don't know it yet. I know this might not be how you choose, but I'm going to get you to Rome, Paul. But there's going to be some detours along. But it's all part of my plan if you let me order your steps. You in Rome yet? No, matter of fact, I'm just hanging on to a board in the middle of the sea that used to be a part of a ship I was on. You hear Paul coming up from his place of rest. Everybody's been fasting for days. They're afraid because they haven't seen the sun or the stars. Paul says, be of good cheer. 
angel of the Lord stood and spoke to me. I got more word. Should have listened to me and never left, but since you did. I got a word from the Lord. I know you're going to die if you stay on the ship. Some guys were letting down some boats to bail. He's like, if you get off the ship, they're like, cut the ropes, let the boats fall. We've seen enough from this guy. We're just going to trust his word. The ship broke apart. They're hanging on boards, and they end up on an island. There's a man there. Fire gets built. A viper comes up out of the fire and latches onto Paul. Lord, you ever said this? Lord, can it get any worse? Oh, Paul, Paul. You know, no. Oh, the devil's trying to destroy him. No, the Lord's trying to be glorified through his life. And the Lord would like to be glorified through your life if you'd stop resisting him ordering your steps. The viper latches onto him, and they thought, man, this guy must be a terrible sinner because he survived the boat crash, and now. But when they saw that he should have died, and he didn't, and he shook it off into the fire, they thought, this man is a god. And it's somehow fickle humans can be. I think the Lord sent that viper just so that they would give Paul respect for a moment and allow an avenue for ministry. See, some of the things God allows you to go through that other people see is simply to create a platform for ministry about him. The king of the island was very sick. Paul went in and prayed for him. God healed him. The whole island begins to hear the word of God. Lord, you didn't tell me I was going there. I know you would have, you, you might have had issue with it. I just needed to get, you're still going to Rome, Paul. But I'm choosing how you get there. Order, now you can stand. Order my steps in your word. And let not iniquity have any dominion over me. Why don't we talk to the Lord? Come on, I feel His Spirit reaching to hearts tonight. Come on, if God has been talking to you, then I think we need to take the word that we've heard and say, okay, Lord, what, is, what are you telling me? For some of you, it's like, okay, He's affirming and I need to begin doing, then commit. Commit. Come on, talk to the Lord. Order my steps in your word. The will of the Lord be done. 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 Not my will, Jesus, but yours. Not my plans, God, but yours. Not that which pleases me, God, but that which pleases you, I pray. That which pleases you, your plan, Lord, not my own. I'll not resist your voice when I can tell it's contrary to my will. But I'll embrace your voice. Give me grace today. Give us grace, Lord. We want to walk in your will. And we know the best way is you ordering our steps. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Deliver us from excuses. 
You have filled us with your spirit because you have chosen us to use us in this hour. And therefore, we submit afresh, we consecrate anew, and we cry out in faith, use us, Lord. Lead us, Lord. Direct us, Lord. Anoint our minds, anoint our ears to hear your voice. Give us a heart that's willingly obedient and submitted to your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray, let us be found as friends of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, given wholly to your will and your work in this hour, sensitive and aware of every nudge of your spirit as you order our day. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm convinced we should spend less time praying for God to get us out of things. And spend more time asking God to help us understand why we're in it. Why are we here? Not just in the bad times, what we call bad times, even in the good times. I'm just going to tell you, I get a little nervous when there's zero resistance. Like, Lord, I thank you for peace. You always give peace. In you, there's peace. Lord, it's a little quiet right now. And he'll give you times of rest. He'll give you times of refreshing. He does these things. I'm not saying you're looking for trouble. You understand. (laughs) Paul finally made this statement. He said, I've learned. He didn't say I've got it figured out. He said, I've learned. I've learned that in whatever state I'm in, therewith to be content. Why? Because he just got such a strong. No, he just come to a place. God's in control. I'm not ordering my life anymore. He is. And usually when you start losing peace and I start losing peace, it's a pretty sure indicator I'm the one in control, not him. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Sister Sandra. Thank you, precious people of God. Reach your brother and sister. You're dismissed.